If you would stand with me, our message this morning is the accessible and welcoming message. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, if you want to follow along with your Bible, Ephesians 3. If you don't have a Bible, you can read along with what's up on the screen. This is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ. Having taken up the cause of you outsiders, so-called, I take it that you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God Himself. As I just wrote you in brief, as you read over what I've written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through His holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of Him all of their lives, what I'm calling outsiders and insiders, Gentiles and Jews, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise, God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. Please have a seat. Paul was in jail for Jesus. Isn't that a nice club? Maybe we can start that. In jail for Jesus. And why? What, what, what was he doing that got him in so much trouble? Well, the Bible tells us. We just read a paragraph that tells us why Paul is in jail. He's in jail because he's delivering an accessible and welcoming message. He's in jail because he's taking up the cause of the outsiders, that would be Gentiles. And he's in jail because he's, he's including everyone. Insiders, who would be Jews, and outsiders, Gentiles, in this accessible and welcoming message. As we read last week, he's in jail because he's, he's loving God and he's answered God's call to deliver an accessible and welcoming message to the Gentiles. That's why he's in jail. Now what is amazing to me is that I could get in trouble today for what I'm about to say. And it's not because of what's in the Bible. It's because we have so theologized and politicized who this message is for, that we sometimes don't 
even see what's in the Bible. We take up these very explosive and divisive positions, and we, we, I I mean, somebody could get really mad at me today. And so I'm going to pray right now (laughs) that that doesn't happen. And if I say anything that you wonder about or have a question about, that you can come talk to me. I want to be accessible and welcoming. I want to be like the message that I preach. All right? So Jesus, we need help. Paul got in a lot of trouble for the message that he was proclaiming. And sad, Lord, we we in some ways have really wandered away from that message. And so I would ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come. That, Lord, you would not let us be blinded by our politics or be blinded by our theology. That, Lord, we would not put on some special lens to read the Bible, but that we could read your word for exactly what you're saying. And, Lord, if we're going to get in trouble for anything, this is what we need to get in trouble for. A message for everybody, whether they be Jew or Gentile. Help us, Lord, in your name. Amen. So what was causing the uproar? Paul tells us that the uproar is over what is called the mystery of Christ. So there was something prior to Jesus showing up, and then in particular showing up in Paul's life on the road to Damascus, And then what subsequently happened as Jesus said, hey, you're resisting me, you're resisting what I'm trying to do, and now you're going to be my instrument, and you're going to deliver my message to the Gentiles. There's a mystery there, something that previously was not known. Paul's forefathers, Paul was a Jew. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was a very successful Pharisee. By his own words, he was a very self-righteous person. He was doing great in the religion of Judaism. He was pursuing righteousness according to the law, and he was achieving it. That's what he tells us in Philippians 3. But the mystery that Jesus introduces him to His forefathers in Judaism did not know that mystery. As a Pharisee who studied the Bible and studied the Bible and memorized the Bible, he did not see that mystery. The prophets of the Old Testament wrote of the mystery... but God didn't open eyes and make that mystery known until we get to the New Testament. And so you have things happen like in Peter's life. Remember Peter is enjoying you know, lunch on a patio, on a rooftop, and all of a sudden he has this vision, of, and it's all these unclean animals, and this whole sheet of unclean animals comes down, and Peter, a Jew, remember everybody that was following Jesus was a Jew. Don't forget that. And, and Jesus says, hey, well, it's, I guess it's the Holy Spirit that said, hey, go ahead and eat. He said, no. My religion says, no, we don't do that. And so what's the message there? God's bringing a change. 
I, yes, I know what I told you in the Old Testament. I know all about the dietary laws. I understand that. But something, catch this, please catch this, something better is here. I want to bring something new and improved into your life as a Jew. I'm not writing Jews off. Jesus isn't writing Jews off. Saying, I want to bring something better. It's better not to have these dietary laws. Now, we, there may be conventional wisdom. We may go back there and there's been some good books about our diet and following it. That's great. But as far as religious duty, Jesus is revealing a mystery. That is over. This has now come. And then Peter said, okay, I, 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 can, go in, I can go to a Gentile's house now. Because as a Jew following Jesus, he was under the constraints of the law not to go into a Gentile's house. They were outsiders. He's insiders. I might catch what they got. And Jesus said, no, you're not. It's over. My message is accessible and welcoming to the insider and to the outsider, to the Jew and to the Gentile equally across the board. Peter got it. Then Paul. The mystery was made known to Paul. And you got to kind of look at God and say, God, you got a sense of humor. You know, you take a guy that scores 100 on all the religious tests. You know, you take a guy that is, I mean, he's on the road to Damascus to make sure that those that are following Jesus are persecuted. I mean, like, killed. And you stop him and you say, hey, Paul, what are you doing? You're resisting me. And now I want you. I want you to be my chosen instrument. You gotta think, I mean, you gotta laugh at that. Are you kidding me? Paul's got, are you kidding me? I mean, he's even telling us, I'm the least qualified of anybody. Don't you, don't you know who I am, God? And God says, yes, I do know who you are. You're an insider of insiders. I'm going to take you, turn you upside down, shake you, transform you, and you're going to deliver the message to the Gentiles. There is humor in that. The mystery of Christ is this. Again, I'm trying to be faithful to what is written in this book. I'm not trying to make this up. I'm not trying to theologize this. I didn't read theology books. I'm reading the Bible. God is providing something new and better for the children, the people of Israel. We as a community traveled through the epistle to the Hebrews. What is the point of the epistle to the Hebrews? Who are the, pre who are the Hebrews, children of Israel? As you travel through that letter... There is better rest. There is a better priest. There is better sacrifice. There is a better temple. There is a better Jerusalem. There is a better covenant. What is God doing in the mystery of Christ? 
I want to provide the children of Israel with something new and something better. God's not writing them off. God, God never says they're Christ killers. You know, replacement theology, which would be something theological I'm bringing to the table, says that they missed it and so the Gentiles get it. That's not what the Bible is saying at all. The Bible is saying the Jew is in on it too, but they must come through Jesus. So all the promises made to the Jew in the Old Testament are now fulfilled through Jesus when Jews come to follow Jesus. If a Jew is not following Jesus, then the promises are not going to happen. You can't get the promise of God without Jesus. That's the mystery of Christ. So we're not doing a Jew a favor by not talking about Jesus. God wants to do something new and better for the children of Israel. And then the mystery is this, that that new and that better is equally, equally accessible to those that are Gentiles. God is saying, whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, in Jesus, you're my chosen people. Something's changed for the better. It is better for Israel to recognize that they're sharing equally with Gentiles. That's better. Everyone stands on the same ground before God with the same offer, the same help, and the same promises in Christ Jesus. Those that have a background in Judaism, that is a wonderful heritage. Those of us that don't have that heritage, that's still a wonderful heritage. But the Jewish heritage does not guarantee more help or more offer or more promise. God has equaled everybody. That's the mystery of Christ. It's in the Old Testament, missed, revealed in the New, and now we're in the New. (laughs) The message, my friend, is accessible and welcoming to everybody, whether they be Jew or Gentile, across the board. Now, in our community, we get to live out this accessible and welcoming message. So I would like to invite our insider to come join me, Nathan Feingold. (laughs) This was better than checking his circumcision. Moving right along.
Did anybody ever get Feingold is like a Jewish heritage name? I mean, did, did anybody did think that Nate is Nathan? And like, 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 isn't that an Old Testament name? And like, did anybody ever ask Nate if his lineage is Jewish on your father's side? I don't think that gets you into Israel. I think it has to be on your mother's side. (laughs) Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. (laughs) Sounds good. Just say shalom. Shalom. (laughs) Now, in our community, I, I love Nate. And I, I'm thrilled that he has a Jewish lineage. But I'm even more thrilled that he knows Jesus. That he's following Jesus. And I'm an outsider. I'm a Gentile. Well, my heritage is Vikings. Which is kind of fun, but a little bit more destructive to the planet. <laughs> I needed redemption from my warring ways. Together, Jew, Gentile, insider, outsider, common faith in Jesus, on the same ground, equal in the same community. That's the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is not that this is a messianic believer. The mystery of Christ is not that there's some hidden messianic community somewhere that sometimes we think has more than we have. No, that we're together. Jew and Gentile, following Jesus. He brings his heritage, I bring my heritage, and the promises of God begin to filter into our lives. That's what God's done. He's taken down the dividing wall. You're a great guy. I warned him before I did this. Be sure you wear that. Okay. (laughs) So we get to live that out in a community. It's really a tragedy that when when church when a local church can't accommodate people of of different backgrounds. I mean you've. I mean, I don't think it's great that there's Hispanic church and black church and Messianic church. I don't think that's a good thing. I think it shows our immaturity not to work out our differences and not to celebrate the heritage from from which we come from because that's what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has made us one family on equal ground regardless of our background. And we get to bring in our background and we get to celebrate who we are together, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. That's what the body of Christ is. So if you know a Messianic, invite him to whatever local church you're going to. Say, hey, let's, let's see if we can mix this together. You know, bring some of your heritage. That's great. As a community... I want our life work to be what Paul's life work was, which is to help everyone understand 
and respond to the message. The message that is accessible and welcoming to everyone equally. Now, delivering this message is interesting because I think it's very much the same as what Paul is telling us. One, just to understand the message, to really allow the Bible to speak to us, for us to filter out the different theologies that we've been brought up with. I mean, I was not brought up believing what I just taught. Those that initially discipled me taught me a different story. And so I look at being able to read what I just read from the Bible and see it for what it is as a gift from God. God's illuminated me. God's taken off some filters that I use to read the Bible. And I was supporting a theology rather than His Word. And in supporting that theology, I was actually working against the purposes of God. God's message is accessible and welcoming to everyone. It contains surprise. I hope that some of you are surprised today by what we've read in the Bible. I hope that the Holy Spirit has awakened something in you. It gives God the opportunity to handle the details. You know, this is a, how do we live this out, where we live? I mean, we're, we're 30 minutes away from a place that teaches a very different message. How do you handle the details of that? When we start delivering this message, we are totally unqualified to do it. But we trust God to equip us. And it doesn't depend upon our natural abilities. God, God surprised Paul. Paul ended up doing what he never imagined he would do. My friends, as we commit ourselves as a community to understanding and delivering the message that is accessible and welcoming to everyone, it's going to be a gift from God. There's going to be surprise in it. God's going to have the opportunity to handle all the details of how we live that out and how we share that. We are unqualified to deliver that message. But God will equip us, and it will go way beyond our natural abilities. At the same time as encouraging us with delivering the message that is accessible and welcoming to everyone, I want to use the same thing as an invitation into ministry time today. Because we are a community that believes in growth, and part of growth is service. And so as, as uh, we kind of, in, in some way, maybe it's a strange application, but you know, I, I want to invite us this morning to consider the ways that we're serving within our community. 
The bigger picture is, as a community, we want to deliver this message. On a smaller scale, there's ways that we support the proclamation of this message, the way we live and how we serve. It goes into what I've been sharing over the last couple of weeks. You know, we're, we're taking serious the idea of tending this vineyard. We want there to be growth, and it starts with a seed, you know, welcoming people into the vineyard. There's germination where we have uh, equipping classes in a learning community. Last week we talked about being connected to a community group, that that's the way we have to grow. There's our community groups. Well, this morning I want us to talk about growing through community ministry teams. Right now these are the ways that we as a community are serving one another and we're supporting how we deliver the message that is accessible and welcoming to everybody. And I'm going to identify the ministry by the person that is leading it. We have people that are team leaders. So, Christy, you just kind of stand up over there. Christy is leading anything that we're kind of doing in the artistic and creative sense. Notice it's still winter here. Christy is doing that. Uh, we have a Blessing Muslims group, which, by the way, will meet tomorrow night. Steve and Marianne is leading that group, if you'll come up here as well. Our children's ministry, I think the Wilsons are tied up doing children's ministry. But uh, well, we uh, take care of children's ministry in the back. Yes, Connor? Okay, stand up there, Connor. What a golly, Connor. What a guy. I mean, it even comes down to coffee service and hospitality. And Tom and Sylvia Phipps, if you'll come over here. Oh, you can come on. Your back hurts. Well, we should, we, should, we should pray for you. Get up here and we can pray. Thank you. I, I would like to get some help with Kingdom Time. We don't have anybody that's doing that yet, so if you're interested in that, let me know. We do uh, monthly outreach at Laurel Plaza. Susan, if you'll please come up here. It's been great to see others joining Susan and serving that community right down the road. We're developing a middle school ministry, Adam, if you'll stand up over there. We have a survey for anybody that has a middle schooler. We're, we're take, get, getting some questions answered, so we develop that ministry. We have a ministry of prayer. Again, Susan coordinates that. So that's who takes these little cards and gets the word out and people are praying. Our sand, sound and lights are handed by, handed by Benji's. He loves doing that, but uh, he wants help occasionally and needs help. And our worship teams, uh, Jonah is, leads that team, and he's not here. He's in Denver. So, Blanca, would you stand in for, for Jonah? You don't look anything like Jonah. but now let, me, let me put these two things together. Every ministry that we're doing is, is meant to support us in delivering the message. And so the opportunity to help serve our community through these ministries, is a real, it's a gift from God. So what gift does God want to give you? Any ministry team you serve on is going to contain surprise. And that's going to give God the opportunity to handle all the details. We are all unqualified to serve. 
but we can trust God and each other to equip us to serve. And how we serve does not rest upon our natural abilities. When I was in sixth grade, for whatever crazy reason, I was in an optimist speech contest. And I can tell you, I was not a public speaker. I can tell you, I was a very sweet and quiet boy. And how in the world my teacher convinced me to enter a speech contest, I have no idea. But I got third place. Yeah, I guess so. I'm thinking maybe she saw something in me that obviously was in me. But it wasn't my natural ability at all. So I've seen God do that in my life. Place me in positions of service that was not my natural bend at all. He does that. So what I would like for us to do today is one, I'd like us to rally around what we get to deliver this message. And one way we get to do that is to support how that message goes out through the ministry that happens here. And so if you would, if you'd stand with me, and I'm going to pray for us, And then uh, the way we're going to end our time is if you have interest in any of these ministries, if you would go to the person that's heading that ministry, introduce yourself, this is my name, and we're just going to see if we can add some folks to our ministry teams. We want everybody serving uh, in, in one way or the other. Before I pray, if I have said anything that sounded like I don't like Israel, please come talk to me. Because I've tried to communicate as clearly as I can that God has something better for the Jew and for the Gentile. God hasn't written anybody off. But if I've said anything that you want to ask questions about, please, I totally you know, would love to visit with you. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for a time to focus on your message. Thank you that you have made a mystery of the ages known in Christ Jesus. Thank you that you illuminated Peter and that he responded to that illumination. Thank you that you brought revelation to Paul and he responded to you. Thank you for these individuals that were willing to go to jail, these individuals that ultimately gave their life to deliver this message that is accessible and welcoming to Jew and Gentile alike. And I pray, O Lord, that we would faithfully continue in the footsteps of our forefathers, delivering the message that you've given to us without perversion, without alteration, without theology, watering down what the Bible says, without politics, Help us, Lord. And then, O Lord, as we try to support the delivery of that message through ministry here, I pray that you would stir each of us, that you would place us on a ministry team. How do we serve one another so that the message goes forth? Thank you that you've given us the gift of ministry. Thank you for the surprise in that. 
And thank you that you take people that are unqualified with no natural abilities and you equip us. So Lord, fill up our ministry teams and give us success delivering this message. For your sake, in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.